You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to this bonus episode of day two of the NFL Draft is now in the books, and we are here for another episode of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. Text DRAFT to 231-231. On today's episode, the Saints go back to the Ohio State Buckeye pool and select linebacker Pete Werner, adding a player to compete at the starting linebacker spot next to Demario Davis. Then the New Orleans Saints traded up for one of my favorite prospects from this draft season, Stanford cornerback Paulson Adebo. So we're going to talk about both of those prospects, what they bring to the team in our first two segments, and then we're going to close out with look ahead to day three, where the Saints still have four picks at their disposal, who's left on the board, and what's next for the New Orleans Saints. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Deputy Brand Manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host with the National Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. family getting started with today's episode of locked on saints appreciate you joining us here for these bonus episodes we're going to have these all throughout the weekend and then we'll also be back on monday so let's get started here with pete werner selected by the new orleans saints at pick number 60 so they ended up standing pat all the way from all the way to pick 28 in the first round and then all the way to pick 60 in the second round mickey loomis did say that they tried to trade up to the top of day two or the top of round two and unfortunately, we're not able to do so. They wanted to take a big leap up, but didn't want to pay a king's ransom to do it. This isn't surprisingly, this isn't really that surprising to me because there's not been a team that has jumped from the 60s into even the late 30s or early 40s, above 45 in the second round in about 10 years outside of instances in which the trade actually happened the year before and it was a future pick that turned into 60. That would be the only reason or the only time. But in terms of a present season draft pick trade, Nah, teams usually don't get the opportunity to jump up from that late in the second round. So after a little while, it just seemed to make sense for the Saints, who liked Pete Werner, that they could just wait around and they could see who was going to be there at 60. And one of their guys was there, the Ohio State linebacker, six foot two. He's really six foot two and seven eighths. The guy's six foot three, right? 238 pounds. The guy's 240. So the way that you can kind of look at this is that he is a prototypical New Orleans Saints linebacker, and he has the versatility at his position to be able to play any of those linebacker spots, which I think will be really beneficial for him with the New Orleans Saints, because he's going to have an opportunity to compete for the weak side linebacker spot next to Demario Davis, that nickel linebacker spot next to Demario Davis that you know was occupied by uh, by uh, uh, Alex Anzalone for the early portion of last season. And then they traded for the Saints did for Quan Alexander to replace him. And then Quan Alexander got hurt. And then Alex Anzalone had to come back. That was the position that they played now you get an opportunity to bring in this young guy to be able to do it. Now, the interesting thing is that just last year, we saw the Saints draft somebody of a similar build in Zach Bond, who spent most of his time at Wisconsin as an edge rusher, but they were interested in transitioning to the Mike or Will position. But again, he also has versatility. So I'm interested to see if the plan for the future at linebacker could potentially rest between the uh, the progression and the development of Zach Bond and the progression and the development of Pete Werner. Both of those guys 
do a good job coming into the NFL, translating to their positions, and in Zach Bond's case, translating to a new position, then that would work out very well for New Orleans. They might feel like Zach Bond needs a little bit more time, but Pete Werner has played this position naturally during his time with Ohio State. And he's coming from a system that the Saints have done a good job translating talent from and then into their defense with the Ohio State Buckeyes. And the Saints are very well aware of the fact that they draft a lot of Buckeyes. It's been something like 16 that they've drafted, and a lot of them since Jeff Ireland showed up and since Mickey Loomis showed up. So they like their Buckeyes. And if you happen to catch Pete Werner's media availability, he talked about the New Orleans Saints as if it was some sort of bastion for Ohio State players as well. So it seems like the respect is mutual as the Louisiana to Ohio pipeline continues, or also the Ohio to Louisiana pipeline continues. So let's talk a little bit about Pete Werner and what he brings. Like I mentioned, about six foot three, 238 pounds. He is incredibly, incredibly athletic. He fits the mold of a New Orleans Saints linebacker, not only from his prototype in terms of his size, but also just simply in terms of what he also brings when it comes to his athleticism as well. A 9.52 rating when it came to the relative athletic score brought to us, of course, by Kent Lee Plot over at, at Math Bomb. A 4.6240 yard dash, which included a 1.56. 10-yard split. That scored a 9.63 on a scale of 10 there. He also had a three cone of 6.9, and then he had a short shuttle of 4.38. So all of these measurables, by the way, very, very close to a linebacker that a lot of Saints fans liked just a few years back, and that's actually Fred Warner. So we're talking about Pete Werner here, but he actually tested really well and very close to Fred Warner, who of course went on to be so good in San Francisco that Quan Alexander became expendable. So the the cycle continues to turn here, but he also adds a lot of explosiveness as well. His explosion ratings are off the charts, 9.76 rating out of 10, an elite rating for his 39 and a half inch vertical, and then his 122 inch broad jump as well gains some attention. And you can see that explosion in his ability to blitz off the second level. And we've seen that a lot at his tape with Ohio State. He you know, bullies around running backs quite a bit in the backfield there. So he plays a really, really interesting brand of football that matches pretty well with what the New Orleans Saints like. They like versatility, particularly at the second level and on his defensive line. And he's somebody that can blitz well from the second level, which is something that they asked Alex Anzalone to do a lot and something they really valued in Quan Alexander's skill set as well. But can he drop back into coverage? Well, lucky for the Saints, yes, he can. Now, he doesn't generate a lot of turnovers, or anything like that. He doesn't have any interceptions in his career, but he's got 11 passes defended. So you just want to see him get to a point in which he is sort of converting those into turnovers and generating takeaways. If he could do that, he becomes a lot more of an exciting option for the Saints at the second level. But for right now, he's somebody that's going to need some work and he'll get some work done with Michael Hodges. But he seems very excited, very happy to be with the New Orleans Saints. And it's really interesting because we talked a lot about Jabril Cox and keeping an eye out on him because of how much the Saints, or reportedly, the Saints ended up speaking with him. He said that he had heard from the Saints more than he had heard from any other team, and that seemed to indicate the Saints' interest in him. But on the other hand here, when you talk to Pete Werner and you ask him about how often he heard from the Saints, he didn't think that the Saints were going to be an option because of the fact that he didn't really hear from them very much. So that's just something to keep in mind as we go through yet another draft process here and gather information about how we're going to look at next year's draft process. Just the indication of a team meeting with a player a lot more than they meet with another player doesn't necessarily mean that they're more interested in one than the other. It's just a part of the game and the game has to be played.
And there's no doubt that Pete Werner wants to play the game and is looking forward to playing the game in a New Orleans Saints uniform. And I am very excited about the other guy from today's draft that is going to be wearing a Saints uniform, and it's cornerback Paulson Adebo out of Stanford. We're far from done breaking down Pete Werner. I'm going to do a full film study, and we're going to take a look at him more in depth. But that gives you a general overlook of Pete Werner. Next, we're going to turn our attention to Paulson Adebo and a look ahead to day three to see who remains on the board and where the Saints might go next. We've got much more coming up for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy to her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring that's ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply beautiful conversation pieces. They're the best way to bring light to someone's life. And they're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This is a collection of high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and is fairly priced so you can give something special and truly meaningful. So if you're in the hunt for the perfect unique ring that will be treasured forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out and it won't be around for long. So go ahead and see them now by searching the words 10 by 10 at BlueNile.com. And Saints fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. So to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text now, they're going to include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, the most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape absolutely free. Just text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT, D-A-R-F-T to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. All right, Huda Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, but also want to remind you that there is a Locked On Buckeyes show here on the network hosted by the fantastic Jay Stevens. So go and check out Locked On Buckeyes to hear more about the players that were drafted uh, from the Ohio State Buckeyes into the NFL, including Pete Werner. And of course, we'll also have Jay come through and help break down that selection as well. One show that we don't have right now is a Locked On Stanford show, but we do have Locked On Pac-12 with Cindy Robinson, who used to work with the New Orleans Saints, actually. So she'll be holding that down, and that show launches on Monday. And so we'll bring Cindy over as well at some point to talk about Paulson Adebo, the cornerback out of Stanford, who was selected by the Saints at pick number 76. Now, they had to trade up in order to get this selection. They traded both of their third-round compensatory picks, pick 98, as well as 105, to move up to 76 and get the very, very talented Six foot one, 198 pound former receiver turned cornerback who still has all of those ball skills. So let's talk a little bit about what it is that Paulson Adebo brings to the New Orleans Saints. Now, he seemed pretty excited about being selected to the New Orleans Saints as well, though he still had, he said he needed to learn a little bit more about the organization. But just goes to show you yet again, not a ton of 
you know, pre-draft contact with the player. He mentioned that he had just about as much contact with the New Orleans Saints as he had with just about any other team. Nothing really out of the ordinary. So the Saints, again, not really investing too much in the guys that they've spent time with, more so just investing in the guys that they like. Now, they did mention that Paul Sinadibo is somebody that could compete to be a starter, but they believe still has some growth to do and certainly aren't done at the cornerback position so far. And I think that's the right choice. Y'all know I'm very, very high on Paulson Adebo. We'll talk about why here in just a moment. But the fact of the matter is that he hasn't played football at a competitive level since 2019. And so with that, there might be some rust to knock off here. And it may be a little bit of a slow upstart for him getting into the NFL. This is going to be kind of a new thing for a lot of players. These players that have opted out of an entire season and now are taking the leap from the college levels, the college ranks, to the professional ranks with an entire year off in between. Some players may be very, very prepared because they spent an entire year getting prepared for the NFL. Some players may need a little bit of time to ramp up as they get used to a new speed one year removed from the speed that they sort of remember playing. So I think that that's something to keep in mind. Paulson Adebo may not be ready to go week one, though he has the talent to do so. And if that's the case, we shouldn't expect to see the Saints settle and be done at the cornerback position. A lot of people have already made the connection, but you look at Paulson Adebo coming from Stanford, being a former wide receiver, having great ball skills, being a bit of a playmaker and a good takeaway artist there, eight interceptions over 22 games. It sounds a little bit familiar with a guy that the Saints have already been connected to thanks to defensive backs coach Chris Richard and Richard Sherman. So perhaps Richard Sherman still ends up getting a phone call from the New Orleans Saints. He told Stephen A. earlier on in the day that the Saints are on the list of teams that he's still considering, but he wanted to sit back and wait to see what teams did during the draft. I don't know if the Paulson Adebo signing is going to make him not want to be a part of the New Orleans Saints, or if it's somehow going to make him want to be more so a part of the New Orleans Saints because he would essentially be mentoring himself into a starting role in the future. But Paulson Adebo is somebody I'm very excited about in terms of the long-term projection that comes with this player. Once again, 6'1", 198 pounds, so he fits the mold in terms of the physical prototype of the cornerback that the New Orleans Saints like. He also added 18 bench reps. So that is in somebody with long arms as well, by the way, at uh, you know at his frame, at a six foot one frame. 18 bench reps is actually pretty darn good. He's also got humongous hands at 10 inches. Again, the guy was a former, is a former wide receiver. And you can find some of the tape of him working during the Under Armour uh, All-Star games on one-on-ones. And he destroyed the likes of Grant Delpit running routes as a wide receiver. So he's really interesting and really intriguing to watch. And he transitions all of that knowledge as a wide receiver that he's had over the course of high school and coming into the coming into the college ranks into being a very effective DB. He uses his his ability to understand route combinations, his ability to understand habits from 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 wide receivers, his ability to be able to stifle and stymie wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. He said that he likes to play lockdown man coverage. That's what he wants to do. He wants to put his hands on wide receivers, but also has a lot of experience with different coverage types, which is what you can come to expect from Stanford corners. He has played cover three. He's played man under. He's played in those zone defenses and squat technique, as he mentioned. So he's very accustomed to something that the Saints are going to ask him to do quite a bit, where the Saints played a lot of cover four, play a lot of cover three, a lot of cover two, sometimes cover two under, sometimes cover two in terms of zone. They do a lot of different things and mix in a lot of different looks. And he's going to have exposure to most of those, or at least be able to translate some of the skills that he's picked up in some coverages to some of the others that he'll have to learn coming into the NFL. And all in the while, he'll have Chris Richard right by his side, allowing him to do it. And ideally, potentially, 
They'll have Richard Sherman there too, or some other veteran corner that could potentially help to mentor him up into the corner that I just truly believe that he can be. I do believe that this could be one of the steals of the draft. And yet again, it goes to the New Orleans Saints. I really do believe that. 445 speed, 157 10 yard split. He also had a 6.69 three cone. That was an elite level three cone run there. So you can see that he can operate in small spaces. He has that short area quickness. He has long speed and he has another gear he can kick into as well. You can see during his pro day at Sanford to where he was uh, running a couple of on-field drills and he was doing one to where he had to track a pass over his shoulder and make a catch. And that pass ended up sailing a bit and he didn't know where it was. And then he he eventually found it and had to kick into another gear in order to catch up and make a diving over the shoulder catch in order to get it. And he secured it and pulled it in. Those are the types of ball skills that you get with Paulson Adebo. I believe Paulson Adebo can come in and win some 50-50 balls over some NFC South opponents at the wide receiver position. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Paulson Adebo turns into and how quickly he can get up to speed. I'm excited to see him in camp. I'm excited to see both of these guys in camp, Pete Werner and Paulson Adebo. But I do think a successful second day for the New Orleans Saints, who uncharacteristically go all defense in their first three selections. And they do so at all three levels of the defense, going defensive line, second level linebacker, and then go going to the secondary at the cornerback position. Those were three spots that we've been saying that the Saints needed to be able to address. They didn't do it in the order that I expected. I actually expected the reverse order, cornerback, linebacker, and then defensive line. But instead, they went defensive line, linebacker, and then corner. But hey, when you walk away at Paulson Adebo, you walk away with Pete Warner, and you add a guy like Peyton Turner, they really like the P's in this draft, then uh, I feel pretty good about what the Saints have so far. I'm looking forward to day three, but we'll talk about more here in just a little bit. Who's left on the board? What else can we expect the Saints Uh, to really try to address here and how might they do it? How aggressive will they be in day three after knowing that they tried to be aggressive in day one and day two for that matter? Are they going to replicate that going into day three? We'll talk about it here next on today's episode of Locked on Saints, our bonus episode with draft day two in the books. You're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We already know the number one selection out there when it comes to protein bars, and it's of course Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever made in Built Bar. Some of the most delicious flavors ever. Caramel brownie. If you're a a fan of of fruit and chocolate as well, you can get orange chocolate. You can get raspberry flavored. There's also some other great flavors like mint brownie and salted caramel if you have a sweet tooth. And I know I'm describing all these flavors. It sounds like they're super sweet, but the thing that's really nice is that these actually help you lose or maintain weight while you're indulging in something that sounds like is a sugary treat, but instead is just delicious when it comes to Built Bar because these are low calorie and low sugar bars that are high in protein and high in fiber. Let's take a look at a, a fairly sweet sounding flavor. We'll look at cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs as well. So Built Bar has you taken care of when they're over on their website. You can go to BuiltBar.com and we've got you taken care of with a promo code that has been rebooted for their relaunch. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, to get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's get it, family. We're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Now listen, uh, y'all know I am very, very, very excited about the Pulse and Adebo selection. 
I'm also pretty excited about the Pete Werner selection. So I'm liking what the Saints are doing so far. The Peyton Turner selection was, of course, a bit of a head scratcher. Let's not pretend like it wasn't, right? Like we definitely expected the Saints to go a different direction there than what they actually went. But you know what we always say, go get your guy. And that's exactly what they did in the first round. It looks like they were able to do it in the second and third rounds as well. And so I'm pretty, pretty pleased with what has happened so far with the New Orleans Saints. But what about looking forward to day three? I mean, look, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints potentially double up on these cornerback and linebacker positions or, or one or the other, but they also have some other positions that they could go and address as well. So let's talk about some of the best players that are remaining that fit at positions that we could still see the Saints address. Those positions for me still include linebacker, still include cornerback. They, of course, include wide receiver, and then I would even say defensive line as well, and I would even go so far as offensive line also. So let's take a look at some of those, and I want to start with the offensive line because there's one guy in particular that I'm really interested in, especially now that we've made it into day three here. The Saints still have four selections left. They have one in the fourth, one in the sixth, and then two in the seventh. So they can be mobile. They can move around. They, of course, have a whole host of selections for next season, including expected compensatory picks in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. So they have the ability to be able to move around if there's a guy that they really, really want. So let's not pretend like they're just going to walk in here, draft four players, and then go home. We'll see exactly how they're going to go about it. But I do expect them to move around and maximize their selections in terms of quality by getting as far up in this draft as possible. They tried to get into the top 10 in the first round. They tried to get into the early portion of day two, according to Mickey Loomis. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them get into the early portion or try to get into the early portion of day three, especially now that they've already executed a trade. It's kind of like knocking down the first free throw, right? And then all of a sudden you're warmed up and you're looking good. So let's focus on trenches for just a second. I know it's not the sexiest thing, but let's focus on it for just a second. I just want to point out Trey Smith, offensive lineman out of Tennessee. Now, Trey Smith had some blood clotting issues that have caused a lot of concern, but since he returned after the 2018 season or through the 2018 season, he's played every game since he's gotten back. He's appeared in every game since he's gotten back and he has played very well. He was a top 10 talent but then these medicals have really pushed him down and understandably so, right? Especially when you're dealing with blood clotting issues, serious issues, things like that. A day three selection, you can invest in a player like that, get him in for medical checks, make sure that he's good, and then see what he's able to do. Trey Smith, Tennessee, somebody that I'm going to be watching on the offensive line. And another unsung position that I do think that the Saints could potentially take a look at would be running back. Uh, You know, The one guy that I really liked for them was Trey Sermon out of Ohio State. He's already gone. He's been drafted, if I remember correctly, the San Francisco 49ers. But there are still some exciting players that are still out there and that are still available at the running back position. But I don't know that they really go that route anymore because I can't think of anybody else outside of Trey Trey Sermon that would come in and be able to take the Latavius Murray Mark Ingram role as good as he could have. Now, the Saints may have a guy in mind that can do that, but I'll just say keep an eye on running back just in case that's something that they end up looking at. But the biggest positions here are doubling up at linebacker or corner, just like we mentioned, and they can still do that because somehow or another, Jabril Cox is still on the board. Jabril Cox, uh, Dylan Moses is still on the board. Baron Browning just went at near the end of the third round, but there are still some pretty athletic linebackers out there that the Saints could potentially be interested in, Jabril Cox included. And I wouldn't blame them for doubling up at the, at the linebacker position, but more so, I wouldn't blame them for doubling up at the cornerback position. Right now, after drafting Paulson Adebo, they've got five corners on their roster. So if you're able to go into the third round and get a guy like Robert Rochelle or Thomas Graham out of Oregon, who was somebody they had a pre-draft visit with, Tay Gowan as well, somebody that is, you know, one of those smaller names, FCS player that 
could have been a bigger name, but ended up, you know, not really being able to capitalize on this past season because of where he was and all these other things with the pandemic. So there's a couple of players that are still out there that I think could be interesting for the Saints to target at the cornerback position in addition to finding a veteran, whether it be a guy like Richard Sherman or whether it be a guy like Casey Hayward at a later time in free agency post-draft. Now, another position that we know that we should expect the Saints to look at, but they kind of don't do in the draft for whatever reason. There's only two drafted wide receivers on their roster right now. Every other wide receiver on their roster is undrafted. The only drafted ones are, of course, Michael Thomas, who was drafted in the second round, and then Traquan Smith, who was drafted in the third round of the 2018 season. Everybody else undrafted. So if the Saints wanted to look at wide receiver, there's a lot of names out there and a lot of potential for them there. Tylen Wallace, the uh, the the wide receiver out of Oklahoma State that I know a lot of you know that I like. Um, Amir Smith-Marset out of Iowa. He's somebody that I really like as that potential Z receiver, that flanker role opposite Michael Thomas. Simi Fahoko, who is somebody that is extremely athletic, could come in and be an immediate core special teamer, but also is just big and athletic at the wide receiver position. And speaking of big and athletic at the wide receiver position, Joshi Matarbebe is incredible. I mean, six foot three, six foot four with a 47, 46 inch vertical leap. He's insanely athletic and could be absolutely electrifying in an offense with Jameis Winston, for instance, because he's doing all that and he's running with 4-4 speed. And then one other name that I'll mention, because you know I got to bring him up. I'm just going to say it. It's Racy McMath. Y'all know I haven't been able to do the draft crush Zayvon Collins thing anymore, but draft crush Racy McMath is still absolutely on like Donkey Kong. And I'm glad that he's still on the board and potentially available to the New Orleans Saints. So they have a lot of different routes that they can go. And those are only naming some of the names of some of the players that are left on the board right now. There's a ton of talent still in this draft, even along the defensive line. I completely forgot to even talk about interior defensive line. Davion Nixon's still on the board. Jalen Twyman's still on the board. So there's still so much talent left in this draft. Now, do remember that Sean Payton did reference offensive line and tight end as two of the deepest drafts in this class or deepest draft classes in this draft. So don't be surprised to see them potentially dip in at one of those offensive positions later on in the draft. I just hope that they also address wide receiver, and I'd love to see them double dip at defensive back as well, even when it comes to a safety, like potentially a guy like Hamsun Azirildine, who's still on the board right now out of Florida State. He was an early round one, not an early round one guy, but he was a round one projection early on in the draft process and has now gotten all the way down into day three. And some of it will have to do with his tweener sort of fit and where he's going to make the most sense for certain teams, but the Saints love their chess pieces, so maybe he could be that guy. But again, so many different options here. Would love to see them put a little bit of a focus on a playmaker over on the offensive side, something that they feel like could potentially contribute at the pass-catching position in particular, but I would be surprised to see them go literally just about anywhere. The biggest thing that I'm going to be watching is how aggressive they're going to be. Considering how often they've tried to trade up already in this draft, it doesn't surprise me or wouldn't surprise me if they remained aggressive, especially now that they've gotten one of those trades down and tried to move up as much as possible in day three of this draft, potentially even leveraging all that they have to get into one more selection and then focus on undrafted free agency. Wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. And speaking of day three of the draft, as well as undrafted free agency, I'll be coming right back with another episode Saturday night after all is said and done with the NFL draft and undrafted free agency. And we'll have a ton to recap and we'll get started right away on Monday as well. So I'm so grateful to all of you for being here. We have had humongous numbers during all of this. So thank you so much for being here, for listening, for subscribing, for sharing, for helping to grow this family. Remember, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. 
Don't forget to hit me up. Let me know how your family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust who that nation. I'll holler at you.